Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and we are in this series called Peace. Am I say Peace. You know, we, we have built in some time at the end of our experience together so that you could pray. We're going to receive communion. You can bring needs to the altars. We're going to worship God. And so just excited about these Sundays in January. And, and uh, as I've done the last two Sundays, let me, let me, before I get into the word, remind you of two commitments in 22. We talked about a brand new you in 22. How many believes that with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can change? This year can be different than last year. Can I have a better Amen. We can be different this year than we were last year. Two commitments for 22. Number one, be in church on Sundays. Be in God's house. Make a commitment to the house of God. Parents, can I encourage you? Set the example for your children by making sure that your kids are in church. Be in the house of God. I was watching a football game yesterday up in Buffalo. It was cold in Buffalo. How many are glad you live in Baton Rouge and not Buffalo? Everybody say, God bless Buffalo. If you're watching from Buffalo, we love you, but we don't want to be with you right now. The football game in Buffalo, man, they're, they're sitting out in the cold. I mean, just freezing. You know, I know parents that'll sit through all kinds of weather, crazy rain to watch their kids play sports. But if there's 10% chance of rain on Sundays, well, I, I, I just don't know if I can go to church. I know that sometimes our kids aren't always motivated. Can I just keep it real for a second? You know, it has been a struggle in the Heyman household for our children to come to church sometimes. I've got a son that loves football. loves it. Dad, do I have to go to church? And you know what I told him the other day? He said, literally, he says, Dad, do I have to go to church? You know what I told him? I said, no. He's like, Really? I said, no, you don't have to go. You get to go to church. <laughs> uh, listen, it's, don't make it optional. Come on, listen, parents who treat church as optional, don't be surprised when your kids eventually treat Jesus as unnecessary. Be in church. Set the example. How many of you know kids don't always feel like going to school? But it's not an option. We prioritize the things that are, that are most important. Be in church and then also get in this book. Get in this book. I, I think we, we sold out of one-year Bibles, but we are taking orders for more. I want to get you in God's Word this year. If I can get you grounded in the Scriptures. You know, we live in uncertain times, unstable times, but if you're grounded in God's Word, you'll be anchored for the rest of your life. I was thinking the other day, what if we treated our Bible like we do our cell phones. Some like pastor, why you got to go there? How many know the cell phone is the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning? How many of you, it's the last thing you look at before you go to bed? How many of you panic if you leave the house and you forget your cell phone? How many of you check your phone throughout the day and you scroll through and get messages? Well, guess what? God's got a message for you. Come on, somebody. And I, your cell phone can tell you what's happening in the world, but God's word will tell you what to do with what's happening in the world. 
So commit to God's house. Commit to God's word. The word for this year is peace. And it's interesting to me, if peace is our word, God must be trying to equip us for battles that are in front of us. How many of you know you don't need peace if everything in your life is perfect? When do you need peace? When life is falling apart. And if God is saying peace is our word for this year, he must be wanting to equip us for battles that are ahead. And I pray that through this study, the whole month of January, through our times of prayer, through our devotions, our online prayer, and through the weekend teaching, that you're getting equipped. I want you to have the tools that you need to walk in peace. Peace is something that's going to have to be intentional in your life. It won't just fall in your lap. And so as we read God's word today, I want to teach us out of Romans chapter 12. Before we get there, I want to give you a quick quiz, okay? Quick quiz, quiz, all right? Pop quiz. Some of you got nervous. You went back to high school. Take out a sheet of paper. Number that paper from one to four. I want to ask you some questions, okay? A few questions. Here's a quiz. It's, uh, it's multiple choice, so it's not essay, but it, the answer is somewhere on the page. You ready? Number one, if you could eat only one type of food for an entire year, what would you choose? A, chocolate, B, crawfish, C, bacon, or D, 12-count nugget meal, waffle fries, Polynesian sauce with a sweet tea. What would your answer be? How many thinks you know what my answer would be? But they're not open on Sundays. Come on, I can't eat six days a week. I got to go seven. I'm going bacon. Come on. All right, number two. Number two. If you had to live without one of these for the rest of your life, which would you choose? A, transportation. B, your cell phone. We know you ain't choosing B. C, your bed. Or D, your toothbrush. If you say D, we can't be friends, all right? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a tic-tac. <laughs> all right, there's no right or wrong answer, but you know who you are. Number three, if you knew you couldn't get hurt, what would you choose to do? Okay, you cannot get hurt. What would you choose to do? A, swim the English Channel. B, skydive, C, climb Mount Everest, or D, go to outer space. How many of you space cadets do we have here? Oh, yes, astronauts in the making. Couldn't get hurt, what would you do? Go to the next level. Last question, all right, number four, final question here. Uh, after discovering that someone ate your lunch out of the refrigerator at work, you do A, kindly go around and check to see if someone accidentally ate your lunch. B, don't say anything at all and go buy lunch that day. C, send out a threatening email and demand compensation. Or D, take someone else's lunch and eat it yourself. How many of you say there's probably two answers on this one, C and D? C and D. Do we have both C and D threatening email and you're going to take somebody? Look, we got an altar call at the end of service. I want y'all, y'all need prayer up in here. You know, the truth is 
The average, statistically, the average adult makes 35,000 decisions every single day. You're making choices every day. Some of those choices are simple. Some of them are routine. Some decisions are very big, and they affect not only you, but the people around you. Have you determined that the quality of your life is determined by the ability to make good choices? How many of you know that if you're making good choices, you're going to end up in good places? But how many know that if you're not making good choices, you're going to end up in spots that you didn't even plan on being in? Making choices, making decisions, super important. Decisions are a lot like dominoes. If you make one good choice, it's like one good choice leads to another good choice, leads to another good choice. But how many of you know that one bad choice can lead to another bad choice, to another bad choice? Some of you, as you reflect on your journey through high school and your young adult years and your married life or your professional career, you look back and you see some of the significant decisions that you've made, and it's really determined the direction of your life. Well, let me ask you this. Is it possible to consistently make good choices? Can you, on a routine basis, determine what's most important and then your decisions be shaped out of those priorities? Can you become the kind of person that knows God's will for your life? Most importantly, does the Bible have anything to say about the decisions we make? Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 1. If I could title this message anything, it would be simply this. Living by your priorities and not your pressures. Living by your pri- Somebody say priorities. You see, we all understand pressure. Pressure comes from all different directions. I'm looking at people today, and I, I, I can see we're in different spaces and different places. And, you know, some of you are experiencing pressure at work. Some of you are, are having a lot of pressure at home. Some of you are getting pressured by a, a group of friends, or, or you feel a whole lot of stress in a relationship, or, or maybe it's a, a doctor's report. Pressure comes from all different directions, but priority comes from within. And I want to challenge us today to be a people that don't live by our pressures, but we make decisions based on our priorities. Can I have a better amen? In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. For this is truly the way to worship him. Now, notice in that first verse, there is so much. You can feel the urgency in the apostle Paul. He says, and so, dear brothers, and he says, and so. Why is that transitional phrase important? Because in Romans chapters 1 through 11, God is talking about the depravity of man, but the goodness of heaven. And so you read the first 11 chapters and you see how bad man can be, but how good God can be. And in in light of all that God has done, Paul says, I urge you, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. If you're taking notes, I want to give you three simple things as we make our way through Romans 12. And the first is simply this. I think good, good decisions start with devotion. Everybody say devotion. I think we all have a desire to make good choices, 
but having desire alone is not enough. How many of you know you can desire things and not be devoted to them? How many know, let's just take, uh, let's take fitness, for example. We can desire to be in shape and not be devoted to the gym. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. When it comes to our health, we can desire to be physically healthy, but not devoted to eating right. How many know devotion and desire is not always the same thing? We can desire to, be, to get out of debt and not be devoted to a budget. Are you with me? We can desire to be successful and yet not devoted to the practices and the disciplines that make success. We can desire peace and yet not be devoted to the Prince of Peace. I think there's nothing wrong with having desires, but your most important decisions won't be shaped by desires. They're going to be shaped by devotion. My challenge to us this year is to be fully devoted to the things of God. I think 2022 can be a game changer if you go all in for the things of God. If you if you'll make a commitment when it comes to all the things that you desire, may your highest devotion be to God and God himself. Notice what Paul is saying here. He says, in light of everything that he's done for you, he says, I urge you, I plead with you, give your bodies to God. Now, when he says your bodies, he's not just talking about your physical being. He's not just talking about your head and your hands and your feet and this external shell. He's talking about your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. In other words, he's saying, go all in, be fully devoted. How many of you know that, that, that if you're going to experience God's best, then you need to give God your best. I mean, give him everything. In, in light of all that God has done for you, the scripture says in Matthew 6, but seek first. Somebody say first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You see the pattern in Scripture. Give your bodies completely to God. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus said, seek first of all the things that you're going to pay attention to this year. And there are a lot of things to keep your eye on. He said, keep your eyes first on the kingdom. There's one priority that I think, there's one devotion that can influence every decision. And that's a devotion to the kingdom of God. If we prioritize God's kingdom, then the decisions that flow out of that will fall into alignment. Does that make sense? Notice the promise with Matthew 6, He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things, God says, I will add to you. So here's the formula. If we seek, God adds. Sometimes we're chasing all these things, and we're not seeking him First, Are you catching this today? But if we prioritize the kingdom, if we have a clear vision, man, my highest priority is the kingdom of God, then guess what? The decisions I make about my marriage are coming through the filter of God's kingdom. Lord, how can I advance your kingdom through my marriage? 
Well, then that's going to shape the decisions I make in my marriage. God, how can I advance your kingdom through my children? Well, then that's going to affect the decisions that I make for my kids. God, how can I advance your kingdom in my job? If that's my devotion, then the decisions that flow out of that will all fall in line. Now, I'm not saying we won't make bad choices. How many of you know that sometimes we get it wrong? How many of you can look back in your life and see there have been some decisions you made that you wish you could take back? Only three of you are being honest today. That's all right. And there's grace for mistakes. You know, we, we talk about perfection versus direction. Sometimes we're not always perfect, but bless God, we're going in the right direction. Here's what I want you to see. When you have a clear vision of this priority of God's kingdom, the clearer the vision, the fewer the options the easier the decision. Did you catch that? The clearer your vision is, the fewer your options are, the easier the decision becomes. You see, you don't have to worry about some things on the periphery because you have a clear vision of the kingdom and what God has for your life. So there are some decisions you just don't even entertain. Well, I'm not doing that, not a part of that. That's not where I wanna go. That, that, that's not my priority. You see, the clearer your vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decision becomes. Are you catching this? You see, the battle for our hearts, sometimes it's fought on the pages of our calendars. The battle for your soul is fought upon the pages of your schedule. And when you understand kingdom priority, you can say yes with conviction and no without guilt. You'll be able to say yes and no in a healthy way. When you understand your devotion to the kingdom, I know my priorities, so I can say yes to this and be confident. I can say no to that and not feel guilty. Is that making sense? Sometimes we say yes to things out of pressure. Some of you have said yes because you've been pressured in certain areas of your life. And so you've overcommitted in an area and you're so frustrated right now. You're fussing in your mind. You're having a conversation. You're mad at that person who talked you into doing what you're doing right now. And listen, it's not their fault. You said yes to something you didn't have the grace for. But when you have a clear understanding, I know what my devotion is, then I can say yes to this and be confident, and I can say no to that and not carry the guilt that comes along with it. You see, you're going to have to defiantly disappoint some people in order to stay on mission. You, how many of you, you just decided it's okay. I'm going to have to disappoint people, but I don't want to disappoint God. You see, Jesus, they were pulling on him, and they were pressing him, and man, he was doing miracles, and man, the whole village would come out, Jesus, stay with us, man, come over here, and man, look, at, and Jesus had to say, no, I'm not staying, I'm going, because I'm, I'm committed to the will of my Father. Jesus understood the mission, and so he had to disappoint some people along the way. But Lord, you're so popular if you just stay here, look at all this, people getting healed. Jesus knew that some people were chasing him because of his miracles. They didn't want anything to do with life transformation or the message of the mission of heaven. And, J and Jesus had to say no to even some good things so he could say yes to the best things. Listen, whatever it is that you're doing, don't do it for the applause. Do it for the cause. If you do what you do for the cause, you won't be a slave to the applause. Because sometimes, oh, come on, I'm feeling that. Now you start to get, we're warming it up a little bit. 
Some of you becoming a slave to the approval of others. God said, no, 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 no. Man, stay true to the cause, the mission, the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Paul said in Romans 12, give your bodies completely to God. Now notice what he says in verse 2. He says this, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Okay, everybody say devotion. devotion. Now say distractions. Now, now Paul's got to talk about distractions here because it, 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 he knows that if the enemy can't defeat you, he'll distract you. You know the one, the one way that, that the devil can get you to stop doing your assignment is by offering another assignment. Sometimes we get so distracted uh, that we get off course. Now, again, we're talking about making decisions. We're talking about knowing the will of God and doing things that are honoring and pleasing to him. Well, the first priority, our first devotion and commitment is to the kingdom of God. But the enemy of your soul will try to get you distracted. The scripture says, don't copy the customs and the behaviors of this world. That word copy there, there's one translation says, be not conformed to the things of this world. Don't let the world shape you. Don't let the world define you. Don't let the world force you into their mentality. When I thought about this, I, 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 got, I had this little picture in my mind of this Play-Doh session, this little setup here. How many of you have small kids and you have the Play-Doh laboratory, the lab at your house? Oh, yeah. I thought about the word conform meaning to shape. And, you know, it's like uh, when, when God created us, Man, he created us, we're, 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 we're soft, we're, we're coachable, teachable, moldable. And the world will come along and the world will try to conform you into their image. You can see, I got this, I got some set up here. The world, man, we're kind of baking. It's a little baking show. There you go. World kind of apply some pressure. Remember, we said we're not making decisions based on our pressures. We're making decisions based on priorities. Well, the world will love to put some pressure on you, and they want you to think like them, act like them, walk like them, talk like them. And they have this cookie cutter. Uh, they, they want you to copy their customs. Now, what I have here, I got this little, oh, this is a cat. <laughs> well, okay, we'll use it because this is an example of the world. All right. So we, we, now, hey, God loves cats, but just not as much as dogs, okay? I'm just saying. So, <laughs> some of you getting really upset at me right now. So, yeah, you know a cat, you know the difference between a cat and a dog? A cat says, you love me, you feed me, you provide for me, I'm the boss. But a dog says, you love me, you feed me, you provide for me, you're the boss, I love dogs. But so, so, so the world will try to c c copy and paste. Look, I want you to do it like I do it. I want you to think like I think. And the, the scripture's telling us, don't be conformed to the shape of this world. You know, if we're looking like the world, acting like the world, walking and talking and thinking like the world, why would the world ever want to come to the church if when they get here, they're only going to find more of themselves? How many of you know God's called us to be different? We are different in order to make a difference. Can I have a better amen?
But the world will try to press you and shape you and say, oh, and we'll try to cancel you. And, and there's a narrative, you know, there, there's, a, there, there's a, a culture that applies and says, no, you got to think like this. And this is what's really right. And this is what's popular. And this is what you got to do. And yet God says, no, 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 no. You are set apart. You're not a carbon copy. You're an original. See, Paul says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see what happens when you and I surrender to the plans of God. He's going to shape us and mold us into his image. You see, the, the world says, be critical, be negative, be afraid be selfish. That's the pressure of the world. But the Spirit of God says, be kind, be gracious, man, be selfless, be bold in Jesus' name. Come on, are you catching this today? There's a difference between being conformed and being transformed. You see, when you let others create your world for you, they will always create it too small. When you, boy, you missed it. That was, that was big. When you let somebody else try to shape you into the image that they think you're supposed to be, your world will be reduced to the size of their expectations. But when you say, God, I want to be transformed. I know that your plans for me are bigger. Your thoughts for me are greater. Your purposes in my life can't be contained by my own understanding. Then the world that you've stepped into is a world that is as large as the plans and purposes of God for your life. Do you believe that today? Be transformed. How? The word transformed means changed into something different. How many of you believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can transform you? The world will conform you, but the Spirit of God will transform you. That word transformed in the Greek is where we get our word metamorphosis. Metamor you morph into something different. It's like the transformation from the caterpillar to the butterfly. Come on, somebody. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, you enter as a caterpillar, you leave as a butterfly. I love it. You know, only the butterfly can tell the caterpillar, hey, it's going to get better. It's good. Sometimes only the butterfly can look back at a caterpillar and say, look at what God did in my life. If God did this in me, he can do it in you. Transformation. You see, it starts with devotion, but then you got to beware of distractions. And Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. How do you renew your minds? Can I tell you, the best place to start in renewing your mind is in this book right here. It's with the scriptures. You know, one of the simple practices that I started years ago, somebody gave me a book. Uh, a devotional that had nothing but Bible promises. It was one scripture after another of all the promises of God. And you know what I decided to do in college? I decided to memorize those scriptures. So just, I took one a week, just one a week. In a year, I had 52 Bible promises memorized. You know why it's important to memorize scripture? Because when the enemy comes against you, you can say, whoa, 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 devil. It is written. You see, when you have knowledge of God's word, you are equipped to defend yourself when the devil attacks you. How do you renew your mind? With the scriptures. Now, I'll be driving in, down the road, and I've got a, all the memorized scriptures I keep in, uh, above my visor. I drop Trevor off at school. I pull out those scriptures. Man, I just start speaking the word. Man, I'm quoting the word. Man, I'm driving down the road, and man, I'm just, I, I quote Psalm 91 every day. 
He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God. In him will I trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. Yes, under his wings you will take refuge. His truth will be your shield and your buckler. You will not be afraid of the terrors by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at the noonday. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, yet it will not come near you. Only with your eyes you will look and see the destruction of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my God. Even the most high, your permanent dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling for he will give his angels charge over you to protect you and keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lions and upon the cobras. Yes, even the young lions and the serpents shall you trample underfoot. For the sovereign Lord says because you have set your heart upon me therefore I will deliver you I will set you on high because you have known my name when you call upon me I will answer you I will be with you in trouble I will deliver you and honor you with long life I will satisfy you and will show you my salvation come on put your hands together for the word of the Lord somebody like well pastor if I declared that, I'd be fired up too. Guess what? Your soul needs to hear you say the word of the Lord over your situation. Can I tell you, by the time I get to wherever I'm going, <laughs> devil, look out. You see, when you know the word of God, you walk in the power of God. How do you renew your mind? It's with the scriptures. You know how else you renew your mind? In just times of personal worship. Just worshiping, getting before God. You know, this week I was, I was in my office. I want to ask the band to come up. I've, I've got some more to say. I think I'm running out of time. This week I was in my office, and, and actually I was studying for this message. Wednesday's my study day, and so I was just hunkered down in the office. I had some worship music playing. I was doing some reading, some researching, and an old song came up. How many know I'm old school? Old school. For him. I don't know if you've ever heard of the group For Him. See, y'all don't know. It's like late 80s, early 90s, okay? Old song came up by For Him. And I want to tell you what. It was just like, oof, I felt something. I felt someone walk into that space. It was the presence of the Lord. And it was so strong. The words of that song is every second of every minute, every minute of every hour, 24 hours a day. He will be there for you. And do you know, I'm, I felt the tangible presence of Almighty God just walk right into my office on a Wednesday at 10 a.m. You know, the only thing I could do was weep. I know you find that hard to believe that I'm a crier. I cry all the time. I'm just a big crybaby. Look, it was bad, y'all. I mean, I am just not, I'm not just, not a little trickle. It's like shoulders. It's like snot bubble. It's an ugly cry. How many of you, when you cry, it's ugly? I mean, look, I just, I mean, I lost it. I literally, I am boo-hooing and nothing's wrong. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the, the goodness of God. He's just so good. I begin to think about considering 
all that God has done for me in my past. Of course, I'm going to give my body as a living sacrifice. Lord, when I said yes to you, I gave you my whole life. Not just the parts that I couldn't figure out. I gave you everything. Lord, my life is not my own. And man, I just felt him wrap his arms around me. And he's saying, Mike, I got you. Pressures, worries, fears, decisions. And it was like in that moment, none of it mattered. Because the Lord had me. And man, I am crying so loudly. I'm praying that nobody's hearing, okay? I mean, I'm having a meltdown in my office. And here comes Pastor David Ray. He's looking through the window of my door. He's like, are you okay? I was like, come here, David, come here. Hold you. I just want to let you hug you right He's like, Pastor, did somebody die? I'm like, no, nobody's dead. I said, Jesus is just so good. He's good. Listen, it doesn't mean that everything that happens in life is good. But how many of you know that even in the bad times, God's still good? Even when life doesn't make sense, he's good. Even when you can't figure out your next step, God is good. And I just began to embrace the goodness of God. And man, I felt such peace. And I thought, Lord, I want church to have moments like this. Because I know you're under pressure. And I know you're fighting battles. And I know your kids sometimes will break your heart. And I know you got things at work that are frustrating. And I know there's fear all around us and there's uncertainty in this country and there's skepticism and negativity. I live in the same world that you do. But I do know this, I'm devoted to him. And you know what? This world is not my home. I'm not gonna get peace from the things of this world, but I'm getting peace from the very Prince of Peace. And if you could just have a moment like what I had Wednesday morning, I promise you, it would change your Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. It would change the whole trajectory of your life. How do you make right choices? Devotion. God, your kingdom is first. Distractions. I am not going to be conformed to this world I was born an original. I'm not going to die a copy. Then the Bible says, the promise is, then you will know his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. You'll know the will of God is good. God's got a good plan for your life. He does. God has a good plan for you. You'll know what pleases him. Your peace is going to come not from trying to please yourself but pleasing the Lord. It's pleasing. And the Bible says his will is perfect. You know what that word means? Complete. It's not lacking or missing anything. You see all of that emptiness inside of you, God wants to fill it with peace. And when there's peace in your life, there's power that flows from your life. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.